Welcome to episode 144 of the Entitled Gaming Podcast. My name is Zach, and I'm joined by the rest of the crew. So we got Pat. Ahoy, ahoy, everybody. Rick. Rick. And Chance. What it do? And if this is <laughs> and if this is your first that time, look. <laughs> you guys, you guys need to see. You guys need to see the video version just for Chance's look right there. Oh. Uh, and if this is your first time tuning in, welcome. We are a gaming podcast that we try to entertain as well as inform. So, so sit back and get ready to level up your gaming knowledge as we discuss the week's biggest gaming news, game reviews and impressions, and talk about the gaming industry in general. We don't only discuss games here. We occasionally talk about movies, TV shows. What accent can you do? No. I can do it. Boston. <laughs> do it. No, you All can't right. do a Bostonian accent. I want you to do it. Now. Are you a fucking co-op? It's Are you terrible. A fu- you gotta fucking tell you me right now. You can't say that on Twitch. So you can't say that on Twitch. It's so he can say that, and it's yeah. bad. Like fucking co-op. It, it's bad. Are you a fucking co-op? You gotta fucking tell me right now if you're a co-op. Rick, just tell you us. Can't park your car there. That's the closest you've got. And again, it's only with the words with AR in it, where you can say it like the departed. The departed. <laughs> they say you can't park your car there. You're everything terrible. else you terrible. are way worse than me no it's not <laughs> yes everyone just it. heard that honestly pats was really impressive yes you're you're lying he's just trying to, he's just trying to get a raise obviously i can do an indian accent but i don't want to be a stereotype so rick what about you way to be. Accent? way to be <laughs> oh man no I, I can't do any accents usually it gets really hard so i tend to just kind of not do accents like it's like i can i can taste the, <laughs> i can taste the uh tim hortons and i don't what else is minnesota famous for it's well, very cold all of a sudden i don't know <laughs> there's some vikings that are in minnesota minnesota chance i only know one british word say it you probably can't <laughs> you know the entire language <laughs> um I like that water bottle. Water like that bottle. one. Water bottle. Can I get a bottle of water? You get a bottle of water. With Michael yeah. Kane. <laughs> Michael Kane. Where is Michael Kane? Where is Michael Kane? Are you asking for a cane or are you asking for cocaine? Where's Michael Kane? I can't tell. <laughs> it works on two levels. Kane. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, this is a gaming podcast. I wish I could do groundskeeper Willie's accent, then I could do the Scots, Scots. and other Scots. <laughs> Brothers and si- sisters have been enemies for years. Like Japanese and Scots and Englishmen and Scots. And yeah, Welshmen I work with a lot Scots. of Scots. It's a very attractive accent. And Scots and other Scots. Damn Scots. They rule Scotland. Scotland. <laughs> yes, you Scots are a contentious bunch. You just made an enemy for life. life. <laughs> Classic Simpsons. Love that. Anyway, this week we will be discussing the death of E3. But first, what have you been playing? Uh, Pat, let's start with you. Uh, So I haven't been doing like a shit ton of gaming, but I have been playing my kind of my regular still playing Marvel Snap. I got to Infinite last season. Um, The new season just started, I think, this week, like a couple of days ago. Uh, I'm not really a big fan of Hitmonkey, which is the new uh, 
card you get for buying the season pass. So I have not bought the season pass for this season yet. Uh, but who knows if I cave in and buy it like the last second, like uh, like I did for Nimrod last season. But you know, still trying out some new decks. I'm this close to getting Thanos, so it'll be cool to finally make that uh, Infinity Gauntlet deck and uh, play around with that. Uh, other than that, I've been playing some WWE 2K23. I did the career mode in that. It is not great. Gameplay is great. The career mode is not great. Career mode is very, like, it's very generic. And I, I get why they do this, because it's all about creating your wrestler and your gimmick and, you know, kind of doing your own thing. But to make a career mode centered around that is very hard, because they need everybody to, like, voice act and stuff. So they have two generic storylines for both male and female. Uh, I started the male one, which is the you're you're the lock, which means you're like a, a a good wrestler on the indie circuit, and they're calling you like a sure thing, like you're the rock or you're the lock, L O C K, not the rock, <laughs> R O C K. So you're the lock because you're like the next big thing. You're locked to be like the the next big thing in WWE, and it's everyone keeps calling you the lock. They change all your like entrance and stuff and they put a chain around your neck like john cena's old chain and you come out as the lock and that that that's like your default gimmick which i i'm not a big fan of i'd rather you know create my own and and do it that way and it's just it's not good but the gameplay is great i'm i'm loving the actual minor changes that they've done uh there's a lot of cool things that they've added this year that are uh like backstage brawls and like different uh, war games matches and stuff like that. So, uh, still having fun with it. Um, we did uh, play a little bit of uh, Nidhogg 2, uh, me, Zach, Chance, and our other friend Matt. Uh, that was fun. That's a very old game that we were kind of just playing because we were all together hanging out, and it's, it's kind of like a party 2D uh, fighting game um, where you are these like worm creatures or whatever and you're fighting with different weapons that spawn and it's kind of like a tug of war where both of you spawn on a screen and the the person on the right hand side has to move to the left and the person on the left hand side has to move to the right but the only way you advance is if you kill the enemy one time so like me and zach were playing and he was kind of like doing pretty well at the beginning and he almost he got like to the final screen and then i was able to come back and i kept running to the left and i got and i ended up winning and it's it's just a lot of fun because like the controls aren't like super great but it's like one hit kills with the weapons and you spawn with like the the weapons randomly and in in a random spot so it's it's like you're fighting with the controls as as much as you are fighting with the people and it's like uh one person could be doing really well and then they fuck up and the other guy smashes their face in <laughs> and grabs their weapon and like just does crazy stuff so it's really fun um Maybe one time we can like set that up and stream that because I think that would be a good stream. But we still need to figure out the the ins and outs of that. Uh, and then last but not least, I have been playing Resident Evil 4. Um, do you want to just tag team that, Rick, during your time? We, yeah, we can. I'm still probably going to do a review of it, but we okay. can like talk about it and I can still do the review. It doesn't matter. Okay, so uh, Chance, what have you been playing? Um, my list is even shorter than yours. Uh, the normal stuff, League of Legends, uh, World of Warcraft. Uh, but I think the new, well, it's not necessarily a new game, but I've played a little bit of Dead by Daylight recently. 
I've been playing with uh, Michael and Preston and some of their friends. We play like a custom game of this, the five of us. Um, and uh, yeah, I know Preston's been streaming it on Twitch. Uh, his name's Salty Pork. Um, but why haven't uh, you been streaming it? I was on my Xbox. You could still stream I it. <laughs> I I we I, we didn't play very long, and um, I'm not. I would just. It's not very entertaining when you watch me play a game I'm not familiar with. So, um, but yeah, we've been playing that. Um, and then, yeah. Um, are you ready, Rick? Or are you going to go to uh, Zach? I'm, Rick, I, I was you, born ready. Okay. Where, 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 have you been, <laughs> where were you born to play? That's where was I born to play? No, what <laughs> really? Clearly, what Minnesota is where he was born. <laughs> Minnesota. No, I just have a lot of uh, Scandinavian uh, ancestors. So they tend to talk like this, and, and they talk in a kind of a rhythm. Like my grandma drove a Lincoln Continental. <laughs> my well, mom does the like the, the accent <laughs> really well. <laughs> so <laughs> what I've been playing... Sorry, once I catch my breath. Um, I... Definitely got more into Hobbs Barrow or the excavation of Hobbs Barrow. Um, uh, been playing that for the Switch. It's a lot of fun. It honestly, it feels like um, an itch that has been scratched since I played Pentiment. Mm-hmm. You're kind of going around this small town. There's a lot of mysteries, and it's it's a lot of fun. Um, I know Pat's talked about it quite a bit, but I just wanted to mention that like. I, because I didn't, I do miss Pentiment. I love Pentiment, and this is definitely satisfying. That. All right. Um. Let's go to not the the juicy ones. I played a little bit of Vampire Survivors. That's on mm. Game Pass. Um, I've heard that's kind of like a a little cult hit. It's yeah, a. Not really. It's kind of like Hades, where you just kind of play and get as far as you can, and then yeah, you, you play can, and get like, as far as you can, and then like you could do a little bit better the next time. It's like, oh man, I bet I can do better the third time, and then I didn't, so I just put it down. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I see the appeal. It's like a cool little like imagine if Castlevania, you know, instead of just being a side scroller, you can go up and down, right, left to right. You really have no control over your attacks. It just kind of attacks in intervals, and you can like turn around and yeah, or you just run around. I'm, and that's what kind so of far. takes me out of it. Like I feel less in control, so I'm like I don't really want to play. Yeah, I can definitely see. I see the appeal, but I also see the unappeal. A lot um, of appeals. Yeah, but yeah, I've just been kind of kicking around things to play, considering. Um, I have to like physically plug in my PlayStation, which has avoided me playing God of War because I'm just lazy. And also my switch is like all the way on the shelf. I've just been you know, it's easy to <laughs> my Xbox controllers right there. I can easily turn it on. So I've been doing a lot of Xbox. Um, I played some power washing simulator while waiting for Resident Evil four. Um, no, the new fancy stuff yet. I'm still on my on, on the story mode. I'm doing a subway now. It's a lot of fun. Finally finished the Ferris wheel, which was rough. Um. <laughs> all right, cool. So 
Um, I also downloaded this. Uh, I feel like an idiot because I completely forgot that for the Switch Online you get a bunch of Sega Genesis games, but there was a Genesis Classics thing for sale on Xbox for like seven bucks and had like 50 classic Genesis games, including one of my all time favorites, which is called uh, Landstalker. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's something my, my stepdad like played the shit out of and it it's an Atlas game and they eventually did like the Persona games, but it was an Atlas game for the like is a 16-bit Atlas game. It's like a almost like a in-depth 3D Zelda. Hmm. Yeah, I just remember it being really hard. The puzzles are very difficult, and I was like, oh man. Like, I'm really excited to get back into this and then hate myself for getting back into this. Because I just remember watching, like, my siblings and my stepdad play it as a kid. And it was classic. There was kind of a follow-up, a very similar game in the same vein that they released for the PlayStation 1 uh, called Alundra. And there's a sequel to that as well. Um, same kind of like 3D platformer, really difficult puzzles. Uh, yeah, so that's one of the, like, as soon as I saw Landstalker was on there, I was like, honestly, $7. Like, I was willing to buy Sonic 2 for Xbox for $5. So I pulled the trigger on that one. That was a pretty easy call. So I have yet to play Landstalker because I'm kind of intimidated. But I had played Sonic 2 and uh, Comic Zone. If anybody's played Comic Zone for the Genesis, but that's a lot of fun. It's a side scroller, but you're going through pages of comic books. And each level's a different page, so you go from cell to cell. It's pretty sweet. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, getting to some of the meat before I get into the big meat. Um, so I <laughs> should have mentioned this in the previous podcast that I was on. But have you guys ever played Persona 5? I have not. No. Okay, chance. since it's on Game Pass, Chance, have you played Persona 5? A little bit. Alright, this is Persona 5 Royale. Um, so, this, I played 1, 2, 3, and 4. I've beaten most of them. Um, but starting off Persona 5, yeah, cool, like, it starts off, like, in the, like, a couple, like, a month before the actual events happen, so it's like, oh, all this cool shit, then the flashback. And you're a teenager that just moved into this town. And everybody hates you because you're a criminal. Your crime was stopping a sexual assault. What? Yeah. Like, you're oh, like, yeah, hey. that kid. That kid's bad news. And it's like you stopped like a businessman from raping a chick. Wow. And like All right, then. everybody, even like, oh, I only took you in as a favor, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh. Like, I don't know, the, the whole thing. Like, the doing premise. the right thing is, is terrible. <laughs> really frowned upon, yeah. <laughs> what else is backwards so, in the world? Yeah, it just, like, that That whole thing kind of puts a bad taste in my mouth as far as, like, okay, cool, helping you out with this. And then it's like, no. And then, like, the first boss, you kind of have to go into this castle. And, you know, it's an alternate world. It's. It's it's standard persona shit. Like it's a high school simulator slash go into dreams and fight outrageous things that are actually interpretations of how other people see about themselves. And it's it's honestly cookie cutter persona. But the one thing that has thrown me off the entire time is the fact that you are painted as just a piece of horse shit (laughs) for stopping the sexual assault. So I know Japan's different, um, but yeah, that's. 
that's where I'm at with Persona 5. Um, probably about three or four hours into it. So I played a little bit of Resident Evil 2 remake after beating Resident Evil 4. Um, it's fun. It's scary. Uh, but yeah, you want to talk about Resident Evil 4 some, Pat? Yeah, so you've you've beaten it. You've played a lot more than me. You've played the other ones. Uh, I have never played Resident Evil 4, and I am like, I just started Chapter 4. So I'm not like, I don't know how many chapters there are, but I don't anticipate I'm like even halfway or anything like that. Right? Oh, yeah. No, like there is 16. Okay, so yeah, I'm a, a fourth of the way through. And um, I like it. I didn't like it when I started uh, because I like, I don't know when I first played it, it felt a little sluggish and I don't know. There's just something off and I like, I couldn't really put my hand on it or my finger on it. And then I messaged you. I'm like, does it feel like slower to you? And uh, you're like, no, I think it's just, he's more tanky in this one. Um, and then they did just release an update. Apparently the dead zones were fucked up on the Xbox version. So you had to push the control stick further for it before it registered an input so it just it felt sluggish because you're moving the control i was moving the control stick further than i'm used to which i think if i had just played it more i would have gotten used to it which i'm sure is what happened with you but i'm glad that they did update it like the day i sat down to play like a large section of it so because i had only played uh i had just gotten past the village um and then i kind of like stopped and then there was the update just today and that's when i got back into it and i got up to chapter four so i'm i'm really liking it now it feels a lot more responsive uh looks great on the xbox i'm playing in uh, frame rate mode i turned off uh ray tracing because i don't think it adds too much it's not the the best implementation of ray ray tracing i think but I'm, i'm having a lot of fun uh just kind of exploring the town and like the uh the lake i just got past the the big lake monster fight and now i'm kind of just exploring with a boat trying to find the church key to get into the church um i feel like i am getting a lot more like gun and guns and ammo and grenades and stuff much quicker than i ever did with resident evil 2 which is kind of like my my favorite um so it feels a lot more actiony which is not a bad thing it's just a different type of game than i thought i was getting um but i am enjoying it a lot and uh uh, i just ran into the new enemy type where the the villagers heads explode and it's like the two spinning things that uh come at you and i that has always happened to me when i'm super close to the villagers so i have to like duck and run away and evade and stuff and it's 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 a lot more actiony which just a heads up to anybody if that's not your cup of tea or if that's not what you're expecting, but it is definitely a, a fun game to play. I have run into like almost every bear trap I've seen because I'm not staring at the ground as I'm walking. And then all of a sudden I'll just be, ah, fuck. So I don't know how, how strong Leon's like calf muscles are that they can prevent a bear trap, but he's, he's walked into like every single one of them so far in my playthrough. Uh, what about you? There'll be a lot of times where I'll be like avoiding a bear trap to my left and I'll be all cocky and running to the right. And then, boom, they throw in one right there. It's like, God damn it. Um, yeah, I could definitely see how. I would ignore how clunky it was, mainly because the original, even though it was so innovative, 
was super fucking clunky. So this was already like a breath of fresh air. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, honestly, I, I loved it, especially comparatively playing Resident Evil two. Now, um, the inventory system, how Resident Evil two is like, I have like 100 handgun shells and they just fit right there in that one little square. And I have a shotgun that fits in the square right next to it where uh, Resident Evil 4 has, you know, the old uh, inventory screen where you got to kind of got to play Tetris a little bit and figure out where things can fit. And if you're trying to buy a gun and the merchant's like, oh, it won't fit in your inventory. It's like, no, what if I move these herbs over here and combine them? Um, there's definitely a lot of quality of life um, improvements with the game. Like now you can like move and shoot at the same time rather than like run behind, aim, shoot. But it was definitely a big improvement. Um, and I yeah do plan on having a review out about this within hopefully within the next week. Um, now that I've had some time to kind of breathe over it, because as soon as I beat it, I was like, this is. This is beautiful. This is amazing. But I should probably step back and take a few deep breaths and reassess. And honestly, there's a, like I haven't beat the original in so long that like I couldn't tell what was missing. And I saw a lot of like articles online like, oh, this is this is what's missing. This is what's missing. And I'm like, I'm not really missing it because what they did is like uh, Resident Evil 4 was originally a game that I say introduced introduced quick time events, but it also like had a shit ton of quick time events, usually during cutscenes when you thought you were OK. Mm -hmm. So a lot of these boss battles and uh, areas where, you know, they're like, oh, this got cut out. And it was like that was purely QTEs. That's like all it was. So. It's like why, why keep it? What, what so, is what is something that is weird? And I correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Resident Evil Two, at least the remake, didn't have like the chapter system, so that was kind of like weird for me to like get to a cutscene and it's like okay, end of chapter one, and now we're starting chapter two, and then now you're in this new space and like you have to move around and like it just. In Resident Evil 2, it felt like, yeah, they had the two separate campaigns uh, with uh, Leon and uh, Claire. Claire. And, uh, but each of, when you're playing as one of them, it was like one continuous thing. Like, yeah, you would go past an area and like you couldn't go back up or whatever, but it was, there was no like camera cut. So it felt a little bit more like a continuous uh story whereas this feels just weird with like the different chapters uh can you replay i'm assuming you can replay chapters once you beat the game or something maybe i i've yet to try um it, it seems weird for you to be like how are you going back for collectibles if it's not letting you go back for those chapters or something but it's not a it's not a, like a bad thing it's just it's i prefer thing. i enjoyed it because rd2 did i don't know, like what Originally, when I played Resident Evil 4, it was basically get to the next chapter or get to the next save point. Because I just remember, like, I think I was playing it on a like a harder difficulty. So it was like, just fucking survive. <laughs> um, so every time I got to a new chapter, it was like a breath of fresh air. And also, I like kind of having that structure. Just like, OK, cool. This chapter's done. It's behind me now. Let's move on. And I know there's quite a few things that I missed along the way. And I kind of adds the appeal of going and replaying. And just kind of collecting everything the next time around. Because, you know, there's a bunch of, like, specialty guns and things like yeah. that you definitely can't get the first time around. Yeah, and I'm not, like, one for 
replaying a game over and over again or whatever. Um, maybe back in the you know the GameCube days and stuff when you didn't have as many games come out, that was a little bit more feasible. But now it's just like I'm gonna be playing this once, and I'm probably not gonna go back. I might test out the Mercenaries mode that just came out today, um, but it's usually it's gonna be like a single playthrough for me. So I'm not I'm not like meticulously searching for all collectibles as I'm playing, but I am kind of doing a, a good like sweep through of the area before I'm moving on. If I'm, if I'm going a direction and I'm like, okay, this is where I'm supposed to go. I'm turning around to explore. So because the merchant system itself is as a fun new layer too, where it's like, okay, cool. I can either trade this in, um, do tasks for the merchant, get extra collectibles and yeah, get like the, the gym and setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All that fun stuff. So I don't know, like, I think at one point, I know I missed, I beat a boss. And once you beat the boss, it's like, oh, this place is on fire. And I just jumped out the window and, I, like, I looked back and, like, on my map was like, oh, yeah, here's, like, the special thing that the boss dropped. And I'm like, well, I can't fucking go back in there. God damn it. <laughs> so, I think I sold a few things just out of spite, just to be like, this is my reward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm but yeah. I'm really enjoying it. It's definitely more action-y and less horror than Resident Evil 2. So that's why I'm playing Resident Evil 2 right now. And Mr. X, I know he's a thing, but he oh, hasn't yeah. happened yet. So just the whole like anticipation of that happening is making me terrified of this fucking game. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll make that... it from one save room to another save room and be like, all right, cool, where the fuck do I go now? Um, so, yeah. Yeah, with RE2, it did... Like those save rooms felt like sanctuary, but here I've seen like, it's a lot like there's, there's just a typewriter in an open spot next to the merchant. So I'm like, okay, so this is not like a, a safe room. It's just like a spot for me to save. Like an enemy could still come in here. Am I correct in that assumption? Um, honestly, usually I have not seen them around. Okay. Like say if you're like in a room with the, typewriter and immersion that you tend to not see enemies too much sometimes okay. it'll be off a path and like maybe like up the path a little bit as an enemy but yeah usually you're fairly safe i guess it's just like playing uh dead space earlier this year the remake and like there's no such thing as a safe room in that game because you would you'll be like shopping for like suit upgrades and whatever and like one of the people are going to come behind you and start hitting you and be like, Oh God. <laughs> so it's like, uh, I, I prefer that. Like, I guess I was anticipating more survival horror and this is more like action horror and it is a little bit more comical that I've noticed too. Like, uh, Leon's one liners and stuff. He is not, I don't know how they've done it, but he has not crossed the threshold into annoying which I think Ethan Winters did very early in Resident Evil Very, Village. very early on. Yeah, and he's, like, it's like he's self-aware. Like, his one-liners are, like, he, he knows he's being cliche, or he knows it's, like, a, a stupid line, but he's delivering it with such, like, it's such not played down. as a serious thing. Yeah, <laughs> which I think was the issue in, in Resident Evil 8, because they played that way too seriously in Resident Evil 8. Yeah, Resident Evil 8 was just Resident Evil 7 trying to be Resident Evil 4. 
<laughs> that's a good way sense. to describe it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it does make sense. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, even in the original, like he would deliver some of those lines and it's like, oh, Leon. <laughs> yeah. Like, honestly, I'm, I'm in love with this game. And I'm kind of excited about Mercenaries, although I want to kind of play some other things and get back to it. Because back when I had it for the Wii in, like, college, me and my buddies would just go back and just do the Mercenaries. Because it's just you versus wave, like, hordes and hordes of enemies. Mm-hmm. And just how far can you get? Uh, it's pretty pretty much that's all I've been playing. Uh, are we on Chance? Zach. No, we did Chance. <laughs> Zach. So long. I'm sorry, Zach. <laughs> no, it's okay. I, I got... I got I got too involved. It's been a couple weeks, so I had to oh, explain everything. So, Zach, Zach, yeah. Zach, hey, what have you been playing? Yeah, so I've been playing a lot of games that actually work out to be acronyms. So we're going to see if you guys can guess all of them. They're pretty easy. I've been playing HL. Half-Life. Right. RL. Rocket League. Yeah. FN. Fight Night. No. Fortnite. So close. Yeah, so far. <laughs> FIFA Fun Nuggets Fun Nuggets see, see Rick's on it see Rick's got it FIFA, FIFA that's Five Nights at Freddy's if you guys actually knew the actual acronym for FIFA I'd be really impressed FNAF oh FNAF Federal <laughs> International Emma Rights Football Federation of International Football Association yeah it, it's, it uh, actually fin- is in French fictitious yeah, incels feel Adequate. Apathetic. Inadequate. No, that's no. that's an I chance. <laughs> That'd be Fifi. <laughs> um COD, which obviously is COD. Cauliflowers over dogs. Yep. MS. Oh, muscular dystrophy? Multiple, Multiple sclerosis. I've been playing oh, that. <laughs> MLB. Mother loving. Balloons. My lazy, my lazy boy. <laughs> and then Destiny and Chess are just one word each, so it would be D, which is inappropriate for this podcast, and C, which is also probably inappropriate for this podcast. Uh, so yeah, so that's all I've been playing uh, this past week. So yeah, I was I was surprised at um, Mother Loving Balloons. It was way better than I thought it was going to be. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, that's everything. As far as uh, housekeeping stuff, again, we're streaming on Twitch. We we're streaming the podcast live on Twitch, and if you've made it this far, right now, like right <laughs> now, we're streaming live. Away. And if you made it this far, thank you. If you're just joining us, hi. Uh, we're also streaming on Tuesdays. Uh, Pat's been streaming The Last of Us Part One. Of the I last will be streaming times. the full playthrough of Last of Us. We are currently at Bill's Town. So spoilers, not, spoilers. You've not missed much, and I'm kind of doing a comparison between the show and the game as we play. Uh, I am also not super familiar with the controls, and I'm playing a lot of different things at once. I should have talked about Last of Us in our "What Have You Been Playing," but I completely forgot. And how dare you? <laughs> there'll be times where I just swing a two by four when I'm trying to pick up an item. So. Are you showing that again this upcoming Tuesday? Yeah. Okay. So if you would like to relive. The Last of Us Part One remake, the game based on the show, based on the game, then join us on Tuesday and Pat will be streaming that. Uh, stay tuned so for more of that. And then we got some new games for the group as well that we'll be getting through. Uh, but we're going to let Pat do his playthrough of 
The Last of Us, um, and then we'll start streaming some other yeah. stuff. Yeah, we're going to have a bunch of games coming out here within the month that we're all going to be playing, um, yeah. like Jedi Survivor and um, Redfall that come out like May 2nd. Jedi Survivor, what, the 28th of April? Yeah, yeah. and then Tears of the Kingdom comes out a couple weeks after that. May 2nd yeah, so. is uh, Redfall, and then oh. May 26th is Tears of the Kingdom? No, it's earlier. It's like May 12th or something. Oh, okay. Nice. So, although I don't know, I have to figure out how to do that with the Switch. You would need a capture card. I need a Elgato. I'm going to try to uh, stream Redfall. I'm going to be playing by myself, so it'd be nice to have other people watch me. I mean, I'll play with you. I'll play on PC so we can stream that gameplay. It is free, but Zach won't play with me. I'll reluctantly play, but I'm not going to enjoy it. Why? Or I might, who knows? I'm just kind of going into it with a negative attitude. Just I mean, that's just. what you do everything. That's not true. No, you don't get to say that. I do. You go into everything spitefully. I uh, gave anyway. Avatar every chance, but it was no, just a bad... No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You didn't. Show you for didn't. kids. Shut up! <laughs> who cares? Just because it's a show for kids doesn't mean it's not great! We've had a long, lengthy discussion about this. It's the greatest text. show of all time! <laughs> it is not! <laughs> You're in denial. What's the news? What's the news? Not slow news! Anyway, not slow news. We're moving on to not slow news 2.0. And this is where we discuss the last few weeks of video game news. It's not super fast, but it's not slow either. So, we'll start with our Tears of the Kingdom gameplay demo from A.G. Aonuma. And this... Uh, we got to kind of see more in-depth gameplay of Tears of the Kingdom because we did get a couple gameplay trailers, but they were pretty minimal in what they showed us. Uh, we were able to confirm for Mr. Aonuma that the development has been completed for Tears of the Kingdom. Woohoo! Hopefully no more delays then. Uh, yeah, so it's so we- gone gold, which means they're just working on the day one patch. Um, just go more into it. We'll talk about our impressions afterwards. Yeah, so we kind of start off, the big thing that uh, AG was showing us was the new uh, different types of like ancient tech abilities uh, that Link is able to use. So if you remember from Breath of the Wild, you had like a bunch of stuff you can use, like the, the tablets, and you had ancient magic shit you could basically do. Uh, so here in this uh, gameplay, they were showing off uh, some of the newer abilities that we can utilize. So there's. I'm uh, assuming you still have everything from the first game. I assume so, but they didn't show any of it. I don't remember about. Yeah, they didn't show any of the old stuff. I don't think. I, I'm hoping but, because it's just it's so Breath of the Wildy that you you do have that. But yeah, this this was just focusing on the new stuff. So that's yeah. what we're going to talk about. So the first uh, new ability they showed is called Recall. Uh, so you're just rewinding objects in time. So in the previous gameplay trailer, they showed like a hovercraft. They showed like stuff in the sky that you could go to. There are, those the are sky cool. islands, sky islands or skylands. So close to just making it one word. So there's skylands everywhere. And you can the way they showed one of the ways to get up to those skylands is that there was like a rock that just fell from the sky. And you could use recall on the rock while you're standing on top of it to go all the way back up rewind the rock all the way back from where it fell from and that's how you can get up on top of the skyland uh so pretty basic usage i'm sure you can use it for loads of other stuff but that was the most prominent way they decided to show us uh one of the more interesting ones uh was fuse 
Uh, it sounds it does exactly what it says. You can fuse objects together to create new weapons. So you have like a tree branch, and you can take a big boulder or rock or whatever and attach it, fuse it to the tree branch, and you got like a makeshift hammer. You have a stronger weapon than what you were initially using. Uh, you can fuse weapons together. You can take a spear and a pitchfork and make a longer spear fork, and just like have like much larger range uh, to attack enemies with. Uh, you can fuse objects or materials to arrows. You can fuse ice to an arrow to make an ice arrow. The cool one is you can fuse an eyeball from an enemy that you like. After you defeat them, you like pick up their eyeball, and you can fuse that to an arrow, and it's like a heat-seeking arrow. And that was really cool. So if you're needing to like hunt birds and stuff, for example, which is the, the mechanic they showed, you don't even really need to aim super close to the bird. <laughs> you just kind of aim in the general direction of the bird, and the arrow will just fly into it and kill it. Um, yep. So that was pretty cool. Uh, and then uh, you can fuse objects to your shield. So what they showed was a uh, mushroom-shield combo where you fuse the mushroom to the face of the shield, and then when it gets attacked, the mushroom explodes and makes like a spore-slash-smokescreen kind of thing that disorients uh, your enemies, and then you can attack them or escape or whatever the case may be. Uh, so those so, were the four fuse like so A couple things with fuse, so... Reading into this, obviously, weapon durability is back, mm-hmm. and weapon degradation with it. So we're we're not we're we've been pretty vocal that we're not huge fans of that. Uh, in Breath of the Wild, it kind of just I know they were trying to like get you to experiment uh, by having different weapons by having them break, but all I did was I just had my master sword, and then I got like seventeen of the the guardian swords and I would just walk around with those and when everyone broke, I would just replace it. So that I don't think did the same thing that they wanted it to do in terms of experimentation. This definitely will like yeah. for me to just play around with fusing different weapons together and see what happens. Uh, they also mentioned that once you fuse two items together, it increases the durability. So they're hitting an enemy with a stick. It broke in two hits. They fused it with the rock so now you have a stick with a rock at the end of it and you're just wailing on this enemy and it, it didn't break. So that's cool. And I'm excited to try this out with a bunch of different weapons. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was cool as far as the new tech or no, there's, there's a couple more actually, uh, but that was like the, a more combat oriented, uh, tech that they showed. Um, the next new ability that they, uh, showcased was called ultra hand. This is similar to it's a terrible name. It really is. It's the same thing as Fuse, really, except just with not combat items. They should have just called it Attach. Seriously. So, (laughs) Ultra Hand, it's not Ultra, and you're not using your hands, uh, but you're taking large objects and you're attaching them together. So, the example they showed was oh, there's like this river, and it's far too long to or far too wide to uh, swim across, but there's like logs and a fan next to you that somebody just left behind. So you can attach the logs together and put a fan on the back of it and you can kind of like a makeshift speedboat. Yeah. Um, kind of thing going on. Um, you can freely uh, craft uh, the cars and hovercraft that they showed in the showcase or in like the previous trailers. Uh, so those vehicles aren't present at the start of the game. You're not just going to like walk up and find that car now. You have to craft that car. And I'm like, okay, so I have to craft hover cars, I have to craft like regular cars, I have to craft probably the hot air balloon-esque thing they showed. This still begs the question, why bother with horses? 
But now that answer kind of answers the question because I'm going to have to work to build those damn things. I'm not just going to have the car. The well, cool thing about this. Yes, you have to craft horses. Uh, the cool thing here is like in Breath of the Wild, I think this is directly a uh, a reaction to the crazy stuff people were doing in Breath of the Wild because Breath of the Wild was a sandbox of like tools and all mm-hmm. these different abilities and people were like, oh, I'm going to get in this train car and then I'm going to get like one of those magnetic balls and then I'm going to put it underneath that and now I'm going to lift the magnetic ball and now it's lifting the train car. So I've just made my own hovercraft in Breath of the Wild. And I guess they saw that and they're like, why don't we let them do this on like a massive scale and like right. let them be more creative and do all this different stuff. So I think it's just going to be like crazy, like Rue Goldberg machines and stuff. People are going to be crafting and it's just going to be sick. I can't wait to see that. Yeah. So that was ultra hand. And then the last ability they showed, which I think is arguably probably one of the more use, most useful ones, uh, is ascent. Uh, so this ability allows you to pass through ceilings to the floor above you, and this works anywhere in which there is a ceiling. So they showed, like, if you if there is a mountain that you need to climb, you don't need to climb it anymore if there's, like, a cave within the mountain. And you can go into the cave and use Ascend and pop up through the top of the mountain and you end up at the top. Um, and it like the amazing. animation is like you're swimming through the rock, like yeah. you're going through like a different like an astral plane or something. Yeah, like having to so, swim through it. Like obviously, there's going to be a story mechanic where this all makes sense and like how Link acquires it and everything. Uh, he's got that like Magic robotic rock. arm yeah. now or something. So um, I'm sure they're going to be explaining that in the first opening hours and stuff like that. But um, I'm I'm really excited to see how people use like these abilities in tandem with like the ones you already have to just fuck around and do crazy shit in this game. And this is, this explains why it's taken so long for this game to be, uh, to be made since they announced it so long ago. Like it can't be easy to, to play test and, you know, bug correct all this different stuff. Right. Uh, there is still stamina bars or circles or, meters or gauges or whatever which um i know uh rick and pat i know that's not that wasn't a a thing of enjoyment from the previous from the previous rendition the stamina bar there were some issues yeah but yeah you get over them you end up increasing that stamina as much as you can and then it fucking rains and then your world is terrible (laughs) well they didn't show rain in the gameplay yes hyrule is no longer covered in rain Hyrule is not Seattle. They didn't show rain, but I'm sure there will be rain. But yeah, it can ascend above the clouds. Yeah, I mean, now it won't even matter. Into the skylands, you can, I think. Yeah, you can't ascend into the skylands. You need to, like, hit the floor of this. Which I think you get in a rock, rewind till it gets close, and then you ascend. Now you're up there. So Potentially. See, back in my day, all you needed to do was just play a little ocarina, and then boom, it's not raining anymore. True. True. Yeah. So that was everything we saw from uh Tears of the Kingdom. Uh game, I mean, obviously looks amazing. Um the the new abilities and stuff I think are gonna be hopefully there those aren't the only abilities. Like hopefully they bring back all the other ones. Because then you can use them all in I don't see why they wouldn't, yeah. Yeah, I feel like yeah, there's no reason to not bring them back, but you know. Uh but yeah, it 
it's interesting. We May twelfth, twenty twenty three is when this comes out. Uh, so we're not too far is, away. Just a month is ago. what they've shown here. Has it increased your uh, your hype for this game? Has it decreased it? Is it the same? I, I would say it's increased it. I think the things like Ascent, it's like a huge quality of, it's almost like a quality of life improved. Um, so you don't have to climb the side of mountains and stuff like that. You can just literally just ascend up. Uh, I like the, uh, the fuse mechanic that obviously like weapon degradation and durability was such a huge issue um, in the previous, well not issue, but it was a huge part of the mechanic of the game so like being able to kind of like counteract that is nice um and there's just a lot of versatility with fuse and with attach or uh ultra mm-hmm. hand, excuse me um there's just so much more that players can do now and i think it'll anytime you can give players the opportunity to be creative and kind of problem solve in their own way i think is always good um so i'm i'm more interested now for it than i was previously I was Rick. already like highly anticipated. Rick, what about you? Uh, I wouldn't say same, not not same as Zach, but my my interest is is it it's plateaued. So Great you can plateau. kind of show me whatever. Um, <laughs> I just have a weird feeling that uh, it might not do as well in reviews, just because they're kind of go with going with the more creative route. I wonder if the story itself will suffer. Um. Because especially like even back in the day between Ocarina and like Majora's Mask, like Majora's Mask was different and strange, but in hindsight, it was just an amazing and beautiful game. Um, so I think we might have a little bit of that. I think so. I'm kind of like in between you guys. It's it's not the same, but it's not like vastly increased. What they can show to really get me hyped for this game is dungeons. And not just shrines and not just, you know, uh, mythical beasts. Uh, show me actual handcrafted boss fights, dungeons, all that stuff where I'm using these abilities to, like, um, you know, make it more like uh, Ocarina of Time or, like, any of the other Zeldas with dungeons that are actually, like, difficult and a lot of them where I'm going through to get items to to finally fight Ganon or whatever. I understand that they, the other one, uh, Breath of the Wild, they wanted to make it so like you had the freedom and you could fight Ganon right away. But I, I'm missing the old, the way the games were. So I'm hoping they, like the biggest complaints were weapon degradation and not having enough dungeons. I feel like they have listened to fans and fixed the issue that I had with weapon degradation in this. Fusibility, I think, is going to lead to a lot more experimentation what they wanted initially. Uh, I'm hoping they've done the same with dungeons and bring them back in a big way. Chance, any thoughts on Tears of the Kingdom? Um, I mean, not really. You guys are the ones that are really into that series. Um, so I don't really have too much he to say, say on it. won't say its name. He won't even say its name. <laughs> That's vital. <laughs> Do you not like Legend of Zelda? I never, I didn't play the other one, and you guys are the experts on that one, so I'll just leave it to you. I don't really have anything to say much about it. say the name. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. Uh, Moving on. Uh, So, uh, the latest uh, PlayStation handheld hardware, which we're titling the PSP2, or Mm, don't don't get people's hopes up, uh, 
is in development. It's not a PlayStation. It's not a PSP two. Don't yeah. Don't get excited. Uh, it is codenamed the Q Light. Insider Gaming confirmed that this is the new PS handheld that is in development. Uh, kind of like what the uh, structure of it would be is more or less similar to a Switch, uh, in that it, it's going to be essentially like a PlayStation controller, uh, but it's going to have an eight-inch uh, LCD touchscreen in the center. Uh, it's going to be. Uh, it's it's not a uh, excuse me. It's not a cloud streaming device. Uh, but instead will utilize remote play with the PS5. So you need a PS5 for this. Uh, it's going to be running at 1080p, 60fps. It does require constant connectivity to the internet, so you can do the remote play, stuff like that. Um, as far as additions to, additions to the structure, it'll have adaptive triggers for the haptic feedback um, and kind of have everything else you would need. Volume buttons, speakers, and audio input jack kind of has all of those things. Um, it's currently in the QA phase. It's scheduled to release in between the detachable disc drive PlayStation 5 and the uh, and before the P, uh, PS5 Pro. So it'll be sandwiched between the two um, as far as those releases are concerned. Um, so my question is, who the fuck is this for? <laughs> it's for yeah, you. It's for people that have a PS5 and want to be want to play it remotely but don't want to do it on their phone like why would i buy this when my phone can do exactly that and some people be oh you don't have the dual sense features in your phone and all that stuff i can bring a dual sense with me i can bluetooth connect to dual sense to my phone and i have haptic feedback now with remote play so unless you're charging unless you're Unless the cost of this to the consumer is less than a dual sense, I don't see why this exists. I don't know what to tell you. It's <laughs> I mean, a stupid idea. It is. failed last time. There's a... it's well, the, the Vita was actually, the Vita and the PSP was actually playing games locally. Yeah. And they were making games for it. They just. With the Vita, they just dropped all support when yeah, they see, realized see, the it wasn't selling. The problem is, selling. though, is that people will buy this. And that's the problem. People will Very few it. people will. There's going to be some that, people that do, but it's... Yeah, I people will it's buy it, and that's few. the problem. Like, we're kind of moving into hardware that might fail. Let's talk about the PSVR 2. Is that a failure? That's the biggest question coming out of PlayStation right now. Because Bloomberg reported that, according to the IDC, is that Sony will have sold 270,000 units by the end of March, so falling short of 300K. That is horrendous for hardware, by the way. This is a projection, because Sony has declined to publicly state how many PSVR 2 units they have sold since launch. Um, IDC's Vice President of Data and Analytics, Francisco Geronimo, uh, told uh, Bloomberg that quote he suspects or i quote brackets he uh would suspect a price cut on the psvr2 will be needed to avoid a complete disaster of their new product close quote why is this happening well mr geronimo cited a few things but i don't think he needed to be the one to tell us that we're living through a cost of living crisis inflation rising interest rates layoffs high gas prices a cost of living crisis student loan debt, high grocery prices, an overall poor economic climate, 
and a cost of living crisis. In order for us to understand that spending $600 on a VR headset is not at the top of people's shopping list. Chance, I'm not True. buying a PSVR 2 headset. <laughs> True, but we've also seen in this same economic climate, the Steam Deck is very successful. So it's not that people won't buy anything. It's that PlayStation dropped the ball with marketing because we, we said, like, that, why aren't they talking about it? They've done, like... A couple of uh, Wired articles here and there, but they didn't do any like massive marketing push like they did. They, they kind of just relied on, oh, the PS5 is popular. This is going to be popular. And then they didn't make it backwards compatible. So people are like, yeah, fuck no, no, I'm catalog. not starting over. What is the yeah. catalog of games for this? It's like 30 I mean, games right like, now. Like, like, and what's the catalog yeah. for a Steam Deck? Every PC every, game. Every PC <laughs> game that exists. That's exactly my point. Like, yeah. That's so absurd. And then you would think this would work. And then they limited their install base to only PS5 users by not making this compatible with the PC. Like that was just you're leaving money on the table, PlayStation. You're leaving money on the table. And on top of that, uh, not making it backwards compatible, not making it compatible with the PC. Um, shit, I was going somewhere else with this. Um, oh, you're only selling it on the PlayStation Direct. It's not available in stores. Chance tried to buy it at you know Best Buy or GameStop or whatever. They were not selling it. They were only selling it through Sony. Yeah, they even, they even know thing. it was coming out. Like yeah. what? Like I'm like, well, you work at GameStop. How do you not know the PSVR two headsets coming out? And he's like, I don't know. He's like, oh, I never heard about it. Like it wasn't on their on their uh, on their notice of like yeah. stuff that came in. So they just didn't know it existed. And yeah, that that if it, as long as it, if it's in stores, people will see it and they will just buy it. You know what I mean? The fact that it could be right there, even though they don't need it, it could be an impulse be like, buy. Yeah, yeah, and like the fact that you even give them that the option to like you know, uh, you know, I don't know that. Yeah, and and you made it so parent, hard. To get. <laughs> yeah, a parent who wants to buy it or like a grandparent who wants to buy it for their kid uh, is not going to be like, oh, I have to go through Sony and I have to make an account to be able to to buy this right. like no i i just want to buy it at walmart or best buy or whatever and the fact that that's not an option is is a huge i just don't understand how companies do i don't well, they understand wanted, they wanted to stop scalping who um, cares or something like that someone, has to, have to worry about someone <laughs> has to buy it to scalp it yeah who cares? you didn't have to worry about that you the should demand want is not there. scalping your shit you're making the money anyway I, I don't know. They don't want people to make even more money off of it, I guess. They're I not. One person scalping your shit is not going to make them more money than you. It's definitely more than one person, but okay. No, yeah, I get that. But, like, you're not going to have every person who buys your thing scalp your thing. If every person who buys your thing scalps your thing, then there's no, like, the demand is the same. Because everybody's just selling it. Like, like my, it, but then it shouldn't matter. You should like inherently is a business like i understand you don't want other people to be making money off your stuff but you should want to sell your stuff scalping is gonna happen the thing is like, they saw what happened with the ps5 and they're like we can get away with making this more expensive than a ps5 this will be 550 dollars. no packaged in games no nothing uh you know you gotta buy all your shit separate and you have to have a ps5 to be able to run this right it's and like we can it's just that's that's the part that that's the part that's insane. We can yeah. get away with making this more expensive than the console 
and now we need the same people who had to buy the console or took so long to find a console because it kept getting sold out everywhere. Now we need those people to drop even more money on it. Makes no sense. It doesn't yeah, make it's sense. Just, it's it's not a good move. It's it's definitely a very smug PlayStation that, that thought they could pull this off. It's it's a good product. It it's just marketed terribly. It's it's not priced well. And I think if they do bring the price down, um, I think they still would need to package in something to make it appealing to people to actually go out and buy. It's just chance your thoughts as an actual PSVR two owner. Are you happy with your purchase? Are you still I using mean, I, it? I, to me, it's huge because I never had VR ever. Um, I don't know if they're still working on a way for it to somehow work on PC or they legitimately made it so it could never work on PC. I don't really know. Um, but I mean, my computer can't really support VR, but I don't really have, like you said, the, the library for, for it isn't very big right now. I don't have a story player, like campaign VR game yet. The, a lot of the VR games that I have are more like sessional, like sit down and you just play until you get, you know, tired or whatever and then you just get off um you know i don't really have like a long c campaign kind of game to play on it um but uh um but yeah i don't know i mean maybe if they shave a hundred bucks off um uh, and then um yeah shave another hundred off too on top of that I don't know. Maybe I, I think they might do a hundred like I don't know knowing Sony I don't know they've been kind of getting like you said smug kind of money hungry a little bit um and uh, uh yeah i don't know I why you wouldn't make this compatible on pc sure you're not going to get money for all the 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 games that people buy on steam or oculus using your headset but you're going to sell a lot more headsets and now people are going to be like oh i have this headset is compatible with the ps5 i only have the pc I might as well get a PS5 to also play the games on there. Like it just, you, it's just you're selling your hardware and you're developing new customers and you're adding value to the headset to people that are buying it on the the P, the PlayStation as well. Because like me, I could use it for both, and therefore I would buy it. I'm more likely to buy that headset over another headset that won't work on both. Because you know, if I buy a a Steam VR headset or an Oculus or MetaQuest or whatever it is too, it's not going to work on PlayStation. But this, if it works on both, I'm more inclined to buy this one. So it just, it seems like yeah. such a low hanging fruit that they didn't. Sony's been so behind when it comes to backwards compatible, being able to be available cross -platform, on multiple yeah. cross platform, because it's all like a, it's all in the brand. They're trying to keep everything in the brand. So you have to go back to them and no one else. And uh, that's one of the big things that I have a thing about with Sony is just that I don't like is that, yeah, they're just they just want that money. They don't really care about, you know, the completely opposite from, from Xbox, where they're literally. Yeah, Game Pass and just being very user friendly and uh, like for the, you know, it's for the people, Xbox and like Sony is just like, give me your money. <laughs> well, that thing that Xbox does where everything is like for the people and for the gamers, that is for their brand. Yeah, they they also just want to make money. Yeah, like there's yeah. more good faith in Xbox for Sony. It's like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Xbox is there to make money too, but at least they give us something that is fucking useful. Like, yeah, like, like don't get it, don't get us wrong. 
the Xbox would sell all of our souls for money in a heartbeat. That's not like they're a, they're a business. But like Sony is just sitting there and they're just making ridiculous decisions. Oh, hi, Rick. Welcome back. Well, they're just like taking things away, like yeah, taking options away. Where Xbox is like, oh, you have all the options open, but you know, for Sony, it's like, you know, we could make it for PC as well. We could, uh, we could make it backwards compatible. But we don't want to because we want you to buy the remake or rebuy well, the know, game again full price or something. Xbox <laughs> knows the value of letting people game where they want a game, and if you do that and you offer them the option, like, oh yeah, Game Pass for PC, Redfall, you can play on PC, you can play on Xbox. That just leads people to be more entrenched in your ecosystem over time as opposed to just getting the the like five to ten percent of people who are like okay fine i'll convert to playstation you get the maybe you know 15 to 25 percent of people that are like you know i will eventually buy an xbox because i have this library built up of games that work on both now so it's just the slow and steady approach i think with xbox and playstation's like no we want everything instant gratification right now I mean, with like, you know, an Xbox um, account or like, you know, a profile, you know, you can pass that on to your kids and stuff like that. And they can play all the games. And like for Sony, it's kind of like, well, you have to restart. You can't really. I don't don't know what you mean by that. (laughs) People giving. I don't know. I was trying to to be silly, but I was just, it didn't really work out. I'm like um, people giving Xbox accounts in their wills and Sony's no, not allowed. Like it's it, you know, you could you know, you could literally just like, you know what? I'm just gonna pass my Xbox account to my kids and they can play all the games I played and more. And then for Sony Oh, do you, no, mean, you like, can't because like, when the next console stuff. comes out, all oh, their yeah. games previously don't uh, work on it. Um, I mean with the PS5, the PS4 ones still work, so yeah. And then when the PlayStation 6 comes out playstation 5 games will work on it uh, yeah, you can only play you can't even play playstation 6 games on playstation 6 yeah you can only play that's how exclusive it is <laughs> <laughs> no i i don't think they'll ever go back on backers compatibility now it's just like so but she's stubborn no i think the 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 consumer is too stubborn for not having it now <laughs> so yeah uh, but uh is, is anyone surprised no, not uh, I'm, a, I'm nope. a little surprised. I feel like it would have done a little better, but yeah, I mean, seeing I how they made it so hard to get, yeah, they kind of bottlenecked themselves. Made it, made it hard to get, made it super expensive, made it more expensive than the console. No, not surprised. I'm not at all surprised. That is true. Is it, it a failure? Console, though? It needs the console to work, and it costs more money. Than the <laughs> you know, it's funny is they're doing the same thing with this. Uh, remote play thing or whatever. Like, oh, you need a PS5 to be able to use this. God forbid that ends up being more expensive than the PS5 somehow. <laughs> God. It'll probably it's be just... 400, 500 bucks or something. That 400. would be the stupidest. If, if anyone buys that, they're just an idiot. They're just an idiot. Like, just yeah. that'd be one of the stupidest things ever. Yeah. But anyway. The, well, yeah. So is it a failure, you asked? Like, like you it said, it's too soon to tell. But I feel like this might get them to stop supporting it, which is Sony has notoriously done with the Vita, the PSVR one, um, the the PlayStation Move. Like they have a history of doing that, 
where if it's not a good reaction instantly, they'll stop supporting it in the long run, which just leads to less people supporting it in the long run. So it's it's tough right now, but they have to, especially if people, especially if like gaming is moving to a more VR space, they need to stay involved and they They need need to have support. They need to court all the developers on PC. Like how the fuck are you not on your knees in front of valve? asking for half-life alex to be on psvr2 like you needed that game to be the the you know the the day one huge epic game launch on your your hardware to get all those console gamers that don't have a pc to finally experience this game and like you know that would have moved the needle for them at least and they they just dropped the ball on that too they're like no we don't we don't really need them we got moss too and Horizon Call of the Mountain. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, we will see how it goes. We'll keep tabs on it, obviously. We'll see how the rest of the year goes for PSVR. Who knows? Maybe they'll do something during holiday time. Maybe, maybe they just never mention it again. <laughs> maybe they never mention it again. We'll just see what happens. So moving on to our topic of show. The death of E3. Dearly beloved. Dance on its grave. We are no. <laughs> in the middle of the start of the eulogy. What is wrong with you? Ah, oh, it's a sad day. Dearly beloved, we're gathered here today not to dance on the grave of E3, but to mourn the loss of our beloved E3. An innovative conference designed to bring biggest and best in gaming to center stage, both literally and figuratively. E3 has been a mainstay in the lives of gamers since 1995. And through trials and tribulations, E3 soon became the largest annual video gaming showcase event in the industry, bringing media and fans from all over the world together to celebrate what was in store for the world of gaming. The giant of the industry, however, is no longer with us. And thanks to COVID and Jeff Keighley, you can choose which one's worse. E3 is no more. Obviously, COVID is worse. We, we, we're not, we're not going to be that mean to Jeff Keighley. You gave us the option, though. You gave us the option. Yeah, well, fuck Jeff Keighley. <laughs> Uh, but thanks to both of those entities, E3 is no more, and E3 2023 has officially been canceled, marking the third time the conference has been canceled since 2020. It you know what canceled. this is? This is the the weird uncle that has cancer, and you know they're they're slowly declining in health over the years, and they hit a big you know major pitfall, and they're in the hospital for a couple of years, and you're like they're probably not going to make it. And they come back and they're like, yeah, you know, it's great. I'm, I'm doing everything. You know, I'm eating uh, organic <laughs> stuff. I get by a bus. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then on the way to, to the family reunion, they get hit by a bus. <laughs> so it's just, it's exactly what E3 has become. And it's like, it's just not like, I understand E3 week was great, but it was a dying not breed, I guess. I don't know. Like it, it was a, it was an ancient relic of, of the gaming industry of, of the past and it's no longer something we need. And I don't think it in the long run, I don't think it'll be missed. <laughs> well, I would like to immediately counter that because I completely disagree. I think E3 is exactly what we need because now, well, we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get it. I have it written down here, and you, I know you. 
you've seen it. We'll talk about this. First, <laughs> we should discuss why E3 got canceled. E3 got canceled due to a quote, or excuse me, due to a lack of quote, sustained interest. So from who? From everybody, unfortunately. From the publishers. From the publishers and the being, developers. Like, yes, yeah, so you're talking about, you're talking about the show. <laughs> Yeah, you're you're talking about the big one. You're talking about Sony. You're talking about Microsoft. You're talking about Nintendo. You're talking about Tencent. Like you're talking about every big publisher, developer, company in the industry was like Ubisoft. Nope, we ain't. We ain't going. Well, Ubisoft initially said yes, and they're like, you and know, then what? reneged on it, and then reneged on it. Those <laughs> yes. fucking bastards. Which is they great because Ubisoft has become EA to me. <laughs> And that is so frustrating, right? It's like, like it's like all the developers were like RSVPing to a party, and then Ubisoft like enthusiastically like, yeah, of course, sounds great, we'll be there. And then it's like, wait, wait, you're none of you are going. Ah, wait. we're not going. EA, you're not going. Microsoft, you're not going to be there. Nintendo, Devolver, <laughs> Devolver was the last straw. I don't, Devolver. I don't, I don't want to be there by myself with the ESA. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm, I'm feeling sick. I don't think I'll be able to make it. Sorry. So, <laughs> so sure. Sure. E3's canceled, right? And now, like they've been doing, like video game developers have been doing, they can make announcements and releases on their own schedule, you know, which is allows that, them that, more that. flexibility. Sure. Yes, it is. It absolutely is. Why? Like, sure, they get more flexibility and we get more frequent updates. But at what cost, Pat? At what cost? And the answer is at a far lower cost for the yeah, publishers. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all about money. <laughs> and, and not just a, a cost monetarily, a cost of like labor time and, work and like, yeah. Like, okay. People you know are crunching sure. to get the demo ready for E3 yeah, for this yeah, arbitrary June deadline that we've created for 20 years now. And, and now they're price. like, hey, guess and what? The price of this, the you price 70 of this. people working on this demo don't have to do like 80 hours of overtime every week to, to get this demo ready in June. Cause fuck it. We'll just release the, the demo in July <laughs> and get but our the, own marketing cycle of the news. Problem. But the, the problem is it comes, it, it comes at a greater cost. It comes at a greater cost to the nature of gaming and to everything we stand for. <laughs> like, sure. Yeah. It's cheaper to do a Nintendo direct from your home in Tokyo or Kyoto or wherever, I don't know where Nintendo's headquarters actually are. I'm arbitrarily picking Japanese cities, I know. Um, Texas. Huh? Minnesota. They're, okay, Nintendo is based out of Minnesota. Cool. <laughs> so it's obviously way easier to, to make your conference out of the backyard of some ice tundra dairy farm in the middle of... Oh, that's Wisconsin. Um, but you get my point. As opposed to the convention center in Los Angeles, right? I get it's cheaper. And then now we'll get to see what happens when we let psychos like Jeff Keighley have their way. This is a huge problem because now we're going to have a bunch of directs and a bunch of forwards and state of plays and digitals and showcases that are just mind-numbingly mediocre. What is the last direct or state of play that we sat there and was like, wow, that was amazing. The last day to play in May was pretty fucking good. Where they announced Street Fighter, yeah. uh, they announced uh, that Street one Fighter. card game. I mean, yeah. I, I will Are miss the whole. There's Street Fighter. There's RE4. There was uh, like three other games. I don't know the off the top of my head, but in in the span of 20 minutes, That's they had point. some great. We don't even 
care. I mean, I will miss the whole like trying to one up each other and who won and all that stuff. But um, now there's no repercussions for these things being mediocre, sure. right? They do a lousy state of play or they do a lousy. Yeah, that's forward or something. There's no repercussions. We, we will be here to judge them. We always yeah, judge them. Exactly. Yeah, we judge them. We always judge them. That's what we do. We're a podcast. But like the entire internet judges them. No, but like no, but there's there there's less stakes. It doesn't matter because it'll just fade away. Because you're gonna watch okay. the next one. Since like, Sony has not fade away. Yeah. Since PlayStation has not been at E3 since what 2018 was the last year they were there. Since then. I would argue their digital presence has been much better. Yeah, you get an occasional state of play where they don't do much or all that, but their showcases are fucking phenomenal. And they've been doing those three out of the last four years. We're expecting another one this year, uh, probably before June, um, according to Jeff Grubb and some other uh, insiders in the industry. But I, I think that allows them to get these deals in place, get, get a timeline of when people are ready instead of like, Hey, Capcom, we want you to announce oh, what, what the deals next in big place? What deals in place? Like with the one like that they do third parties, like with Activision. Oh no, that's not them. Like, what no, talking about? no, they're no, they're talking to square <laughs> Enix. Exactly. And Hey square, they- we want you to, we want a new trailer for uh final fantasy. No, we want to, we want to buy you. Seven you're going to come with us. Uh, or what's Here's the some candy, one? get in our van. What's the <laughs> remake of Final Fantasy? The Rebirth? Hey, we want a new trailer for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. We probably won't be ready by... We won't have it ready by June. Okay, well, we'll do it in July. That way we'll also have Last of Us Factions and Ghost of Tsushima 2 and, and all this stuff ready to go by then. Like, that's a much better thing than like, oh shit, I guess we'll do it in June and we'll just, you know, go in half-cocked with... Why the stuff that we do have? Why would you be half cocked for the major, the 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 biggest gaming event? Because people annually, people are making games. They're not making games specifically for this timeline. Yeah, I I would accept that. You, you as understand? An resources are taken away from the games. Yeah, to be diverted to the demos. I would accept that as an argument if it wasn't Sony. Sorry, Sony's Ubisoft a had the same thing. So did Xbox. Like all these trailers and stuff that need to be ready for this deadline and uh, yeah you have deadlines it's not like you don't know when this deadline is yes but like, why pay millions of dollars no that to I have understand. this deadline <laughs> I, I understand that why not like, do it yourself for cheaper on your own time and that way you also dominate the news cycle yeah uh, a mediocre PS news cycle, like you do, you absolutely do. Whether you're mediocre or not, if there's a state of play in May when no one else has announced anything, even if they only have one thing that's okay, maybe they have a trailer for Spider-Man and all the rest of it is shit. Guess what? For the next week and a half, we are only talking about that state of play. We're not being like, oh yeah, Sony was good, but did you see the Microsoft one? And now we're on to Microsoft. Or Hey, did you see Nintendo announced the new uh, Mario Odyssey? It breeds breeds competition. This doesn't do that because everybody has their time. So it don't matter. But the internet is also comparing it left and right. So competition naturally comes in but yeah and you are speaking to your audience and the, and the internet has the attention span of a cocker spaniel it don't matter that's my point 
Like then, yeah, then what, what is the point the of E3 then? The point of E3 is that you get all eyes on it at one time. Like you're not and gonna then have they to. immediately forget. No, they don't. They don't yes. immediately forget. Like what what was at the E3 for Nintendo in twenty eighteen? Were they even at that E3? Yes. I don't remember. Eggs fucking exactly. But that was five years ago. But I but I remember the, the state of play from May. That was a year oh, ago. From May of a year. That's not comparable. You're yes, asking me is. to remember something from a year ago to remember something from five okay, years. Ago. Last year, like, what was? Uh, last year it was canceled, but they had other stuff. They had the. I I remember the. Uh, yeah, Jeff so Keighley. Yeah, they had other stuff. stuff. And my point is, it's not memorable because I mean, I certainly don't remember them. Because you have like, a terrible memory then. <laughs> because it wasn't nearly as good. There's no big boom moment. There's no big wow. There's no direct competition. You can make your own big boom wow moment. And Microsoft and PlayStation have both shown that they can. Like, but it, I, for me, the Starfield gameplay last year, like it never, it never reaches the heights. Because there's you, you get the build up and the anticipation, and that helps feed that. When you're building up to E3 as an event. You're like, you're hyping it up as a consumer. You're like, what are you going to show? Are you going to live up to the hype? And that's why when you don't live up to the hype, even from a negative way, it's that much more memorable. Like, oh, that was not what we were expecting in a good way. Like, and that's like, yeah, there's more risk with that, obviously. From And I'm not saying that I blame them for doing that. Like, obviously, just, just money alone, it makes sense to not but, do this. But what I'm saying is E3 is not the cause of these great games. These great games are getting developed whether or not there is an no, E3. We're hearing cause, about them at different times. Yeah, sure. But E3 itself does nothing for the gaming industry in general in terms of getting these games out there, in terms of getting publicity. They're an ancient that, that is way of... Completely false. No, if when they can do it themselves and still get the same number of eyes... Like it wouldn't have a, a Nintendo Direct goes up or an announcement for Nintendo Directs goes up on Twitter. That is trending immediately. And then the next day that that's getting millions of views. The same thing that would have happened if they're at E3. People are still talking about it. It's getting its own news cycle versus if at E3 they they'd get like, oh, here I guess they were okay, but they didn't do anywhere near as good as Sony. So let's talk about Sony. And then, oh yeah, Sony will they were good, but Microsoft just came out with their new shit. Oh, they were, that was good, but EA, like you're constantly moving on, and this way they're dominating the news cycle with when they're announcing their own stuff, even if it's for a day. That full day is theirs. Yeah, but then you don't you don't get the competition because then you can just sit there and EA. Or but you're Microsoft. still getting the games. the The competition but doesn't yeah, do anything for the quality of games. We're getting Jedi Fallen or we're getting Jedi Survivor with it never having been at an E3. Yeah, I get that. Like I that, that's that. still happening. E3 being canceled doesn't mean any games are getting canceled. You're still going to get those marketing beats. You're just getting for Jedi Survivor. You got it at Star Wars Celebration, which might even be a better uh, way to speak to that audience than E3. I I still think E3 has its place. I, I think, I think it, it had its place. Like, it squandered it. It didn't evolve, and now Jeff Keighley has taken over, and he's like. Yeah, like I, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with you guys doing your own events under this umbrella of the Summer of Gaming. Summer Games Fest doesn't do anything. Yes, they do the, the same, opening night live. 
in the same way that E3 didn't do anything then. It's just the same thing, just like keeping track of everything. What is Jeff? Yeah, Keighley it's do? keeping track of stuff, like, but he does his own opening night live and then he does, he kind of bookends it with opening night live and then he does uh, Gamescom. And those aren't for the big publishers. The big publishers don't have a huge presence at any of those. Those are for the double A's, those are for the indies. Uh, we had what? Uh, no, that was, I guess that was Game Awards, but he is. He is now the person you go to if you want a third party to get the publicity that like uh, um, a first party publisher does on their own. So the next Elden Ring, the next Souls game, the next uh, Jedi Survivor was at an E3 as well or at at a summer gaming event as well. Um, The next Bioshock, we had a. What's it called? Uh, Judas at the the Game Awards. So I think he is doing exactly what E3 would do for those smaller developers. So I don't think you're losing anything in in that sense. And the bigger developers can do, and or the bigger publishers can do that on their own. They've proven that time and time again. So what are we really losing? We're not having it condensed. The event. Yeah, but we're still getting the news. Yeah, but if, it's a, if anything. It's- the developers are more happy because they're not on a time crunch. The publishers are more happy because they're saving money and they're probably putting that directly into the games as opposed to, you know, spending it on marketing. So I don't think this hurts the industry in any way. I think it still does. I think it's not, it's not all positive. It can't be like well, the news <laughs> is still going to get whether E3 is there or not. We're still going to hear about the next big game. Yeah, we're still going to hear about the next big game, but I still think there's something to be said about like owning like like again, you said you have your own cycle. You can't say there's competition then. There isn't. There isn't there from a, like a marketing is. standpoint. No, there isn't because you can just have your cycle whenever you feel like. It's the exact reason why they hear, "Oh, Xbox is doing their showcase here, so we'll just wait until oh, like Xbox is doing their uh inside or whatever the hell it's called um at- idea at Xbox idea at xbox like they're having it in like let's arbitrarily say like october okay cool like we'll just do ours in november then okay or whatever but the instant one of those go out what are we podcasts you know gamers doing we're comparing that to the last one that was just talked about so yeah they're getting their time in the sun but the competition is are you impressive or not and we're talking about it but there's that's the competition but there's less at stake as opposed to doing it on the same day. If you're not as good, it doesn't matter. That was a month ago. And okay, news just well, keeps pushing forward. I mean, it's the same it's with like, these. News keeps pushing forward if you're not as good. But there's more like intensity to that at, at an E3 because you're directly competing for that at the same well, time. What does that do for and, the, the publishers, that competition? Well, for example, like if you see the, if a hype builds around that, let's say, like let's say Microsoft Sony compete in E3 and like they they ha- like Microsoft wins that hype then you could have other third parties like oh I want to work with you for the next big thing you have the hype you have what's driving forward right now hey, but then like you, now you it's like owned, don't matter. you owned March 12th through the the 15th when you guys had your events I'm coming to you for now for my game that's coming out in June next June when you're doing another event in March. It's the same thing. You can own a different part of it and different people are coming to you because you're owning a certain time segment in the year. That's better than having it be like all concentrated in one day. Like if you have too much of a good thing all at once, then it 
kind of ruins everything. I mean, E3 happens over like a four to five day period, or did anyway. Well, E3 three was like day. three to it was, four days. It was one was day initially. Well, no, initially, now- it was one. All those conferences run Monday, and then uh, Xbox moved to Sunday, and then uh, Nintendo moved to Tuesday. So then it was three days, but it was all condensed over like that week. Yeah. And that's not to say like these companies still couldn't do stuff without like outside of E3 time. They still can. That's exactly what they're doing. They're just not spending millions of dollars on marketing because we're going to watch it regardless. If, if Microsoft is like, Hey, tomorrow we're doing an insider direct on, you know, these three games like they did in January where they stealth dropped, uh, uh, hi-fi rush if they say at any point hey we're doing this gamers are tuning in they have a direct feed to their audience they don't need esa to do anything esa is just the middleman taking the check they don't need them anymore and what's the difference with that and jeff Keeley then jeff Keeley is doing it for the smaller people as if the smaller people were not present at e3 (laughs) like they were but they're getting overshadowed how many indies do you remember getting their time in the sun in E3. They would talk about indies even during like Microsoft showcases and stuff. They would, but then people, most of the general people, like the the casual gamers, are talking about the next Uncharted or the next Halo. That is being overshadowed by the next indie, as opposed to, you know, some random day in September where Nintendo or where uh yeah, Nintendo does their indie world. You're only focusing on those indies. Yeah, but they, that's separate though you know what i mean because like if nintendo's fo- like doing like an indie world it's still under their own umbrella yeah but that's like, exactly what I'm, jeff Keeley does his summer gaming's op- summer gaming fest opening night live whatever he calls it and they talk about like mostly indies and you know one or two double a games the next yeah because uh, they're probably not allowed wake to two. talk about the big ones alan wake 2 is there and then so is uh mina the hollow the hollower we're talking about those games that would probably get overshadowed by Jedi Survivor and uh, Starfield and all that stuff. So I think that's the benefit. So it's for the consu- It's not directly for the consumers, but the consumers aren't losing anything. The benefit is going to the developers and the publishers. No, yeah, I get that. I understand so that. Why do we give a fuck about E three? Like it's the same. Then why do we give a fuck about Summer Games Fest? Like it, it, it's just the same thing. Then it's just the same thing. Exactly. If it's the like, same thing, why do we care about one of these shows dying? Because I liked E3. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, what did you like about E3? The event, the nostalgia, the us getting together and being hyped. We will for still it get together during the we Microsoft. We literally do not. We literally do not. We and did that is last point. year for the Microsoft like, showcase. Like, we did the year before for the Microsoft event. We also saw the Ubisoft one because it had already aired. And then we saw uh, the Devolver one later that day. Like, what are you talking I could bring, about? I could bring a, a crazy triple cheese pizza, Zach. We can, we can mimic it. <sighs> no, mimicking it is not the same. It's I can run to what same. three different pizza places and get three different kinds of pizzas. That's Zach, a worse will... idea. But <laughs> <laughs> that's I'd be fine with it. Get a Jets, get a Pizza Hut, get a Domino's, get a Marcos. Or yeah, yeah, like we'll we'll make it work, Zach. We can pretend. We can like <laughs> you know just not watch a Nintendo Direct and then like get like a state of play and like we'll just watch them all together. No, 
my 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 biggest thing is is that the state of plays and the directs and even the xbox showcases and the devolver digitals and the ubisoft forwards they're just all at this point just like mind-numbingly mediocre for the most part i don't if, think any of if them there was stand an e3 out. this year if there was an e3 this year if there was an e3 this year it would be the same stuff getting shown nobody is making different stuff to show at e3 or we just don't know that. Of we don't know that it won't do. be released for another do. four or five years. Okay, it's okay. Your your weird estranged uncle died, but you have so many more uncles that nobody gives a shit about that uncle. I don't have that many uncles. He was kind of <laughs> racist. <laughs> you you can get more uncles. E3 wasn't racist. <laughs> Did you say I could get more uncles? Yes. <laughs> you want an uncle? They're a dime a dozen. <laughs> Like I, I, there's like nothing. None of the other showcases we've seen has ever lived up to anything that was the like PlayStation the showcase in 2020 was better than anything PlayStation has done at E3. That's PlayStation's fault. If there's shit at E3, that's their fault. Yeah, like, but I'm saying it doesn't change. They would have had the same stuff shown at E3. They just did it in September. And guess right, what? They're like, gonna do it this year, probably in May. And, and guess gonna, what? It's going to knock your fucking socks off. It won't because they have Spider-Man happens. 2. They'll have Wolverine. They'll have great. Good for last them. of us factions. Like, how is that not hype? It's hype, but then it's not going to be like, okay, Spider-Man 2. Cool. It was a sequel to your other Spider-Man game. That was, which was good. Not great. Like, cool. Like, Okay. The thing is, and we then, already know about it. What's going to be like your your big they'll, surprise? They'll show gameplay. They're they're going to have Ghost of Tsushima too, or they'll have that's exciting, which they would have shown at E3, and I would have been just and I would have been amped for that. <laughs> Showing it still, it's still <laughs> going to be shown, Zach. Like, uh, no hype I, is being lost. It's just hype in a different. I disagree like, because oh there's so much more stuff. You have less hype. Mm-mm. You have so much more, so you get less hype. It's the same amount of hype. If I give you a pizza right now versus yeah. me giving you a pizza over the course of a year, you're still getting the same pizza. I get, I get what, what? With the same <laughs> amount of pizza. Yeah. But spread out over a longer period of time. That's worse. That pizza's going to go still, bad. That pizza's going to go bad. over. The I will year. give you a fresh slice every time. You're giving me a fresh slice of pizza. Eight every fresh time. slices versus a whole pizza at once. You're not losing. So what am anything. I doing the rest of the time? <laughs> You have other stuff I have to, to go do get the other pizza of the time. <laughs> exactly. I want instead my buffets. Of, instead my of buffets. you, instead of you being all hyped and full that one day, you're gonna get little surprises over the course of the year where you're like, "Fuck yeah, this is really good pizza." It's still the same surprises. amount of pizza, but it's less enjoyment. <laughs> oh my god, you're insane! Why, why have one small thing when I can have the whole pot? <laughs> You're still having the whole pie. But I'm not at once. <laughs> I want the whole pie now. <laughs> All right. So I'm we know, for, I'm hungry we know for where the whole I pie. stand. We know where Rick stands. We know where Zach stands. Chance. Chance is laying down. He's not even standing. Did you care about this estranged uncle that died? It's midnight. It's almost one in the morning. It's 1222. Relax yourself. What would you be doing right now? Sleeping? This man just woke up from a nap. I was already. asleep and you guys woke me up. Exactly. Well, so you should be the most rested of all of us. 
do you care about E3? I'll miss it. Okay. I think Zach has made too much of a deal, a big deal about this, but I'm I'm gonna miss E3. Yep. Calm down, Zach. Seriously, this is a podcast, all right. This isn't your personal complaining thing. I'm complaining. <laughs> I'm still complaining. <laughs> I'm going to continue to complain. And when the PlayStation Showcase in May is shit, it I don't want to hear any complaining. It will. I don't want to hear any off. complaining. I guarantee when it's bad, you. Don't want to hear any complaining. If that's not an A Maybe plus showcase, it's mind. a failure. If that is not an A plus, it will showcase, be an A plus showcase. And guess what? It will what? not be an A plus. The- Yes, it will. And guess what? The Xbox One. Pizza bet you that shit will not be A plus. A plus by who's who's? You, I'm not going to pizza bet you for you to be like, oh yeah, that was an A plus. No, no, Even because I'm you an honest. And, think that was I'm an honest and honorable man. You are the one who would refuse the budget. <laughs> you would sit there I, I think, and see yes, a it will be a very. It will be a very fantastic. I, I think, yes, the majority of people online will think that that is a very hype showcase and a very well done showcase whenever it happens. I will say most of the people will just be like, yeah, whatever. You will lose that bet. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think people are going to be as amped. Right, we'll, I think more we'll people see. will find shit to complain about. Well, this will be a good prediction for you when we do our prediction stuff, probably in May, before the, the PlayStation Showcase, because we will be doing a summer uh predictions over the course of the entire summer like we've done for the past two years and guess what nothing has been changed as opposed to when we did it when it was e3 so fuck you zach i you know you know this this i told you so you guys are going to get eventually when i have my day it's going to be sweet (laughs) I i don't think I don't think he'll get to say that, um, but you know, let us know what you think. If you're listening to this, either on the audio or the video version, if you're on Twitch right now, tell Zach how much you like or dislike E3 and how much of a clown he's being right now. Throwing a tenter- temper tantrum. It was hardly a temper tantrum. My God, <laughs> your embellishment of this is sad. You cannot right. say such negative things about E3 when you, we held the event at your house. <laughs> And guess at what? We're still going to hold and we're still going to hold the Summer Gaming's Fest at my house. And guess what? It'll be the same. It won't. You'll still like have that macaroni, been. you'll still have that pizza. The bean dip has gone down in quality ever the since. Bean, don't you dare talk about my bean dip. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Pat? I'm not going to lie. I've been disappointed Ooh. in your bean dip since E3 ended. How dare you? Make, I'm going to put the spicy salsa. salsa. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's the shit. It doesn't change the fact that bean dip has lost quality, and that's the most important part of any. Yeah, so your taste buds oh, are just going bad. No, my palate older. has never Sometimes been more Sometimes things where people lose quality, Zach. <laughs> He's just talking about your bean dip that point. I, I I just don't want to be the person to to get a man who's half dead, dying, back up on stage because you want to hold on to this like relic of a of a showcase. Like just let E three die. No, been through I enough. I refuse. It's at its time. Like Zach, I remember like this might be beyond like before your time, but we used to go to a mall, and at the mall you could go buy a CD, you could buy a video game, get like an Orange Julius or whatever the fuck that is, <laughs> and you can get all these things in one place. But 
it's 2023 now. Malls are dying. Do you know why? Because Amazon. Because the internet. Because of streaming. Fucking movie theaters were a thing. You remember those? Aren't you guys going to a movie theater? Yeah, in but like I'm just saying days? it's in a like very different. Days. It's a very different landscape. No, it is. It's I just mean, because it's point, Mario. I don't want to hear this. Oh, why am I? Why am I talking? Seriously, let him talk, Zach. Come on. Chance. <laughs> no, never mind. I forget what I was going to say. God damn it, Zach. Ruined it, Zach. I just didn't want to. I just didn't want to continue the conversation. Support subtitles. Wow. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to subpar subtitles. So subpar subtitles is the game we end the podcast with. This is very much a non-ending topic because we're still going to be talking about it, and Zach refuses to with withdraw his time. So anyway, subpar subtitles is the game we like to end the podcast with, where I basically take the principle that game developers like naming their game with franchise colon subtitle and that's sub hyphen t-i-t-l-e for example assassin's creed odyssey so odyssey would be the subtitle there so i take a bunch of real subtitles and i mix it in with a fake one and it's our panel's job here to figure out which one is the fake one we've been keeping track of the score all year it's a little bit closer this time uh chance has 10 uh, zach has 13 and rick has 16 Rick is not. Is just Chance not have ten? No, I think I think Chance added ten to everybody's. I think it's he added six, a, he added a one. I mean, does it really matter? It's all the same. Okay, so zero, six, and I three. I almost got away with that. <laughs> we haven't even done enough subpart subtitles to attain the score. And Pat didn't even realize. I it literally did not matter. You added... it, it, the red flag was that Chance had points. That is true. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> so Zach is three, Rick is six, and Chance has a big old goose egg. Uh, Chance, it's been over a year since you've scored points. <laughs> you guys won't let me score any points. You guys keep getting the right answers. Bro, even <laughs> by, pun intended, by sheer chance, you should have gotten points. Like, just get right. C every time. All right, you guys ready? Yeah. Larry Boy and the Bad Apple. Egg Stream Madness, EGG, Egg Stream Madness. Black Hawk Down, Guac and Roll, and then Reborn. I'll repeat those again for those of you listening at home. Larry Boy and the Bad Apple. Egg Stream Madness. Black Hawk Down, Guac and Roll and reborn uh rick since you're in the lead why don't we start with you i'm gonna go with c black hawk down black hawk down for rick chance i would do the egg one the egg, egg stream madness for chance zach larry boy larry boy and the bad apple for zach so now for the twist so if you guys have the correct answer, you'll get three points. Or you could choose to say all real or all fake. If you say all real or all fake, and that is indeed the correct answer, you will get double the points for a total of six. So, Chance. No, fuck you. I'm in last place. Let them go. <laughs> Rick. Are you going to make me go first? 
<laughs> All right, Rick, what do you decide? I'm going to stick with my answer of C, Black Hawk Down. Rick is sticking, Zach. There's no way. Right, there's no way he just put one of, like, the most famous movies ever. No, <laughs> just, I just, like, I, threw that I, in there. I, right? I played like, Black Hawk Down. I played the game, like, that's been called. I'm that, saying so. they're all real. I played with right. AJ. I remember playing that Zach game. Zach is back saying then. all real chance. I was going to say, uh, I, I was either going to say all real or stick with my answer. I'm just going to, I guess I'll just say all real. Chance is saying all real as well. All right. You guys ready? Veggie Tales, Larry Boy and the Bad Apple. Real game. Egg Mania, Extreme Madness. Real game. Delta Force, Black yep. Hawk. That's the game down. I played. Real game. Guac and Roll, not uh, a real game. I fucking got y'all. <laughs> Dying Reborn, real game. <laughs> guac and Roll, people. Guac and Roll. <laughs> it could be like a sushi game or some shit, man. Like, they, they uh, use avocado up- and sushi, not guacamole. Get the fuck out of here, Zach. Like, I- <laughs> I came up with that the first, like, during Nostalgia News because I'm like, oh, shit, I don't have stuff ready. <laughs> oh, my God. It fucking sucks. <laughs> Damn, that was my chance, too. I actually knew one of the games in there. So no points change. Zach, you want to talk us Yeah, out? yeah, yeah. Thanks for listening. Remember, you can catch us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Reaches with any questions, comments, or concerns. Let's reminisce about E3. Tell us your favorite E3 moment as we say goodbye to the beloved conference at the Untitled Gaming Podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on all of our social media. We're on Twitter at TugPod, on Instagram at TUG underscore POD, on Reddit at R slash TugPod, and on Facebook at the Untitled Gaming Podcast. We're on Twitch. Could have been watching us right now uh, at twitch.tv slash TugPod. Again, we're uh, streaming podcast and we're streaming every tuesday and then sometimes throughout the week as well uh so please follow us on that subscribe on that we also ask that you subscribe and leave us reviews five star reviews for us one star review for every other podcast let me ask you one thing zach uh you a cop if you a fucking cop you gotta fucking tell me right fucking now are you a fucking cop are you trying to talk like a gangster it's a boston accent you ass clowns it wasn't even close to a what boston do you are you a fucking cop it doesn't sound anything <laughs> are like you a, a fucking cop <laughs> what this is terrible have you seen the departed <laughs> yes i've seen the departed <laughs> Yeah, it's fucking a boss. You don't accent. sound like that. You do not sound like yes, that. I, do. I, okay, implore I, sound exactly you, like I implore that. you to stop this. Are you a fucking cop? Oh my fucking god. Because you if you can't you can't park your car there if you're not a fucking cop.